Broadcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the EdTech Chat Podcast, taking the pulse of educators from all over the globe and bringing what you need every week. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the EdTech Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm thrilled to have your support. As I've shared before, I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. This week, I want you to think about social media and digital citizenship. After spending some time this week thinking about digital citizenship and watching the new Social Dilemma documentary, I wanted to challenge you with a few things to think about. One statement from the documentary in particular made me stop and think about the apps I use and the social media that I'm connected on. If you're not paying for the product, you are the product. What are your thoughts about the Social Dilemma? What are you doing to explicitly teach these fundamental digital citizenship skills in your school? How are you supporting student and staff use of social media in your community? Please share what you're thinking and your thoughts on the documentary. I look forward to hearing from you soon. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked in is ClanBeat. ClanBeat is a growth and well-being solution for schools. It's new and it is incredible. Are you ready to have technology and data genuinely support you? ClanBeat is where you should be paying your attention. With the onset of COVID came stress and pain points and a lack of data to back up why we needed to change. ClanBeat's mission is to help students take charge of their learning and life and develop key skills for creating a better future. The tool assists teachers with critical data and space to support holistic development of each student. If you're looking for a tool to support students in connection, collaboration, and socio-emotional well-being, especially in a remote learning environment, then ClanBeat is for you. They're also looking for pioneer teachers from all over the world to help drive change with this incredible new solution. I highly recommend that you take a look at ClanBeat by downloading the app and visiting clanbeat.com. The link is in the description below. Enjoy. Last week, we talked about efficiency tools and edtech tools to support in saving you time. Do make sure you go back and take a listen. This week, I wanted to focus on the topic of the week, social media and of course the documentary The Social Dilemma and how it's impacting us and our teens. The Social Dilemma, a new Netflix documentary, is a look at how social media is impacting us as individuals and as a society. According to some of the visionaries behind the creation of Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram and other popular social media platforms, social media can do good, but it also has the potential to wreak havoc on our lives and our planet. Social media for teenagers is actually changing their brains, say the technology and psychology experts interviewed for the documentary. Addiction to social media is one of the biggest topics addressed by The Social Dilemma, and adolescents are particularly vulnerable to the dopamine high produced by constant scrolling and notifications. Here are four concepts described by The Social Dilemma that highlight the negative effects of social media on teenagers. Number one, persuasive technology. This phrase refers to the ultimate goal of the AI or artificial intelligence that powers social media. By tracking your every click, social media AI, which is embodied in the documentary by actor Vincent Cartesia, learns what posts, articles and videos they're most likely to respond to. 
Hence, their feeds are customized to persuade them to keep scrolling longer. So they'll view more ads, invite more friends, and generate more money for the platforms and their advertisers. Notifications, for example, the alert that's generated when a user is tagged in a photo, keeps teens glued to their phones without realizing that their behavior is being manipulated. Number two, fake popularity. Fake brittle popularity. In the words of Chamath Palahapatia, Facebook's former VP of growth is one of the biggest negative effects of social media on teenagers. Teens place great value on the short-term rewards, hearts, likes, thumbs up, but receiving these superficial recognitions leave them feeling more vacant and empty than ever before. The never-ending search for online approval has become a pervasive form of social media pressure that starts to dig deeper and deeper down into the brainstem and take over kids' sense of self-worth and identity, states Tristan Harris, co-founder of the Center for Humane Technology. Number three. Snapshot dysmorphia. This new mental health issue is an outgrowth of the insidious link between social media and body image. Because social media is so focused around appearance, it triggers body dysmorphia in teens, especially girls. In response to the unrealistic standards of beauties perpetuated by social media, adolescents become hyper-conscious and hypercritical of one or more of their physical features. In the documentary, a dramatization shows a young adolescent becoming fixated on her perceived defects after she posts a selfie and one of her friends makes a comment about her ears. Number four, digital pacifier. The social dilemma points to growing evidence that teens as well as adults have lost the ability to calm and soothe themselves with real world reflection, activities and relationships. Instead, they deal with challenging emotions by turning to social media for distraction and entertainment. This is another way in which addiction to social media takes hold and draws teens away from more enriching experiences. A whole generation is more anxious, more fragile, and more depressed. Social psychologist Jonathan Haidt says in the documentary, commenting on the exponential rise in teen mental health conditions and suicide since 2010, when social media and smartphones became prevalent. So with all of this in mind, what can we learn from the social dilemma? When it comes to social media for teens, the experts in the social dilemma recommend some practical ways to discourage addiction to social media. Number one, create an agreement with your teen about how much time they'll spend online. Number two, establish a house rule that everyone turns off devices at a designated time before bed. Number three, turn off all social media notifications. Number four, make sure teens understand the ways in which they're being manipulated by social media. Number five, encourage teens to do research before sharing posts or videos to make sure they're not spreading fake news. And number six, keep children off social media for as long as possible, ideally until high school. Ultimately, this important documentary on social media has the potential to create greater awareness among people of all ages about the dangers of the technology that connects us. The social dilemma ends on an optimistic note, with the hope that public pressure will catalyze new regulations and influence tech companies to better protect the young people who can use their products. If you haven't seen it yet, I encourage you to search for The Social Dilemma and take a look. It's a game changer. I hope you enjoyed learning about what the documentary covers and some practical advice for teenagers. Let me know your thoughts on the documentary. I look forward to hearing from you soon. Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes, an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day, with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Michelle Moore. Let's have a listen to the chat. 
Today, I have the honor of speaking with Michelle Moore. You might know her as at Michelle4EDU on Twitter. Michelle and I have been connected for some time, and I'm always in awe of the social good she does on a daily basis, particularly around empathy. Michelle is a STEM and computer science advocate and educator from Tampa Bay in the US. She's an ex-high school teacher, technology integration coach, and now focuses on supporting districts in Florida with their Nearpod implementation. Michelle, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? I sure am. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Why don't you start by telling us about your current role and what inspires you to do what you do? Yeah. So in October, I left public education after 12 years and stepped into the ed tech world with Nearpod. And it's it's been kind of a crazy ride ever since. But part of my reason for um, leaving was I just wanted to see what other districts were doing and um, what kind of systems they were running and learn from them, especially the larger ones that we have in Florida. So it's been really exciting to see what educators around the state are doing in regards to ed tech and how they're rolling it out within their districts. That's cool. And you must have the experience you've got. You must have so much experience in what's happening in education today, not just where you are, but all of the work you do globally on social media. What excites you about education today? I think the most exciting thing I've seen so far um, within you know the last couple months has been a new kind of access to really high quality professional learning. Um, I think in the past, teachers felt Like if they wanted really good PD, they had to go to a conference, which has a lot of costs associated with it, or they would spend a lot of their own money for special virtual workshops. And I think I've seen recently people just wanting to make their materials more accessible and kind of, um, you know, hitting a wider audience, not necessarily just um, a specific targeted group. So I have loved watching a lot of educators, um, a lot of people around social justice and in the Latinx community offering their expertise at a really affordable rate so that teachers can really pick what they want to grow in and have access to those high quality materials. That's really exciting. And the work that I've seen from you as well is particularly in the part that's interested me is around educational technology and social good and empathy and, you know, helping others connect and grow and engage. And I know that you do that in your work now with Nearpod as well. What's your best advice for educators in relation to EdTech? I think the the biggest um, maybe mistake that I see consistently is people always wanting whatever is new and flashy. I think some of um, our leaders in ed tech, when we're out of school, we have the techie teacher and they always know what's new and, you know, they know that shiny new toy that's coming and they bring it to the school, which is great, but it can also um, hurt instruction for the non-techie teachers who are like, oh, great, now I have to learn this other thing. So I think when we're talking about implementation with ed tech, we really need to focus on the why and how this tool can possibly support learning for students or make learning accessible for more students that are maybe being marginalized. So if we always just come back to how is this going to impact student learning and should we implement it? Is it worth you know the implementation and the training and the lift that our teachers will have to do? Then I think we can stay on the right track. I love that advice. I think it's it's super valuable now more than ever where people are trying new things and being far more engaged in the use of technology, especially coming out the end of 
COVID-19 as well and and thinking about how technology can help us um, engage students in learning and add value to student learning in an authentic and purposeful way. Thinking about more widely now the way that you learn and grow and connect and engage, I mean, we met on Twitter uh, my choice of professional learning network. Tell us about your choice of professional learning networks. Where do you go to engage? Who do you connect with? Yeah, I, I definitely engage the most on Twitter. And I've really loved it just because I think it gives us access to lots of experts in their field where we feel comfortable asking questions. And I love when I see teachers, you know, tweet something out like, hey, I'm new to Flipgrid. Who should I follow? And then they get all these responses of amazing educators who are being really innovative with Flipgrid and they go ahead and have this strong PLN for Flipgrid. Um, But I have to give a shout out to my other PLN, which is my ASCD Emerging Leaders Group. Um, So it's a little bit more intimate than Twitter. It's a closer circle of people who are doing really innovative things in education. And we connect in different ways. And I think it's been really good for me to grow in the sense of innovation looks different wherever you are in the world. And it's really about just having that influence within your sphere of work, um, which has been really great to see how people are focusing on equity or focusing on technology implementation at completely different levels and completely different systems, states, and countries. And Michelle, thinking about your specific work that you do now on a day-to-day level, what's an ed tech tool that you love using? Well, I have to shout out Nearby. <laughs> no, but I've been telling people, um, you know, lately I feel like this the trifecta Um, of what I seem to use a lot for participant learning and what I see students really enjoying is a little bit of Nearpod, which is great for lesson delivery, um, live through Zoom, and then also Flipgrid so students can see their friends, their classmates, and have that video interaction back and forth, I think has been really powerful to make it feel like a strong classroom community um, in a virtual setting. So my, my trifecta would be Nearpod, Flipgrid, and Zoom. And if you're out of school that's lucky enough to have Canvas, I would have to add that as the little sprinkle on top. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a cool description though, of tools that really impact learning. And uh, I love your reasoning for why. Thinking more broadly now outside of EdTech, but thinking about books or resources, learning so important to us as educators Tell us a little bit about a book or resource that you've been reading lately or just one of your all-time favorites and tell us a little bit about why we should be exploring it. Yeah, so I went with one of my all-time favorites because the first time I read it, I felt like, wow, this is what I've been looking for and haven't been able to find. And it's um, Paul Gorski's Case Studies on Diversity and Social Justice Education. It's normally read um, in college with pre-service and in-service teachers But one of the things I really like about it is that everything in there is a real practice that's happening in a school or district, and the reader has to kind of navigate through how would they handle the situation, what would they do, and in doing some of that reflecting, you come to terms with some of your own biases that you have, and, you know, hopefully can acknowledge those and work through those. So I just think it makes um, equity very accessible, and it really opens up a conversation 
about, you know, why we do certain things and why we're not doing other things in a way that is a little less threatening than, um, you know, confronting someone face to face with a, a racist practice. While we're on the that sort of note, I want to learn a little bit more before we finish up today about Neopod and the work that they're doing in the community. Can you just give us like a 30 second to one minute overview um, about Neopod and the work they're doing in the community and maybe even like wh- why should we be jumping on Neopod when we, we don't know about it already? In its most basic form, Nearpod is a presentation tool and it allows you to embed engaging activities along the way. So it becomes more of a conversation and learning and not just the teacher presenting material to the student. And I would really encourage you guys to check it out if you haven't, because we have so many amazing integrations with Microsoft Teams and Flipgrid. Um, we have a Zoom integration, you know, um, that's coming out within the next couple months or end of the year. But one of the things we're doing for the community during this time is we've always had a free sign up where you can access most of the tools for free and then a premium features sign up where you would have to pay for it. And what we've done during the last couple of months is open it up to anyone who wants it so that they can have full access at no cost. And we've done this with entire districts. So it's been really powerful to see how districts are using this in a very short amount of time based on the free access. Um, They've just really found the the power of the tool for distance learning and being able to access those like 8,000 ready to go lessons. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit more about Nearpod for the listeners that possibly haven't heard about it before. Let's finish up. What's the way for the listeners today to follow and connect with you because you've just shared so much uh, inspiring information, Michelle. (laughs) The best way is definitely Twitter. I'm very active on there. I try to reply back to people and follow back as much as I can. Um, If I missed you on a follow back, just tweet at me and I'll make sure I get you. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time, Michelle. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Craig. This was awesome. Next week, join me for episode 23 of the EdTech Chat podcast when I'm joined by Brad Wade. One of the things I love doing is giving away prizes as a thank you for tuning in, listening, and hopefully subscribing to the EdTech Chat podcast. Last week, I gave away two copies of Todd Nesloni's book, When Kids Lead. To win, you needed to complete the form at bit.ly slash edtechwin. The winners have already been contacted directly by me, and they are... Jolyn Bosch and Selena Axel. Congratulations to you both. This week, I'm giving away one hour of free consultancy support from myself and my newly announced team at Ignite EdTech. If there's something that your school needs, we can help. Check out igniteedtech.com. The link is in the description below. To win the consultancy support, you need to go to bit.ly slash edtechwin and complete the simple form. It'll take you less than a minute to complete. The link is in the description below. Competition closes on Wednesday the 7th of October and the winners will be contacted directly by me and announced on next Friday's podcast episode. Good luck. I am thrilled to announce developments to my consulting business, Ignite EdTech. This week, I announced the team of consultants working with me to help schools all over the world be successful, achieve more, and move from surviving to thriving now and in the future. Visit igniteedtech.com to learn more about what we do, what we offer, and the team of amazing people working with me to help you. A massive shout out to Jennifer Williams, Evo Hannon, Sandra Chow, 
Tanya LeClaire, Tim Evans, David Lee, Chris Smith, Andrew Mowat, and Victoria Thompson. They are based all over the world. If you need help, support, PD, or you just want to learn more, don't hesitate to contact us. If you enjoyed today's episode, please smash that subscribe button and share it with your colleagues, friends, and families. I really do appreciate your support. Please share your favorite part of today's episode by tagging me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And please don't hesitate to ask me questions that I can answer in an upcoming episode. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description below for more, and I'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the EdTech Chat Podcast. Creating a community for educators to learn, share, and grow. If you liked today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode. And be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.